because I will absolutely stand on my soapbox and say I believe self-pleasuring is an incredibly powerful form of self-love and self-care and self-advocating. And maybe if we're watching this and thinking, oh, what if you decided to reframe self-pleasuring, ranking, masturbating, as outright self-celebration, self-love, self-care? Hello, hello. This episode is all about why I believe that women should masturbate more, especially women in relationships or marriages, but generally every woman and every person with a vulva. Yes, it's clickbait, love a bit of clickbait, but know that I also mean it to refer to literally anybody of any gender and any genital configuration. And if you are a woman or somebody with a vulva who wants to really explore your full pleasure potential and be in a wonderful circle where we explore self-pleasuring, then you're going to love the Self-Loving Salon. It's a live workshop and it's on February 27th. So hopefully by the time I release this, this will come out in time. There are only 15 spaces available. If this feels good to you, we're going to be doing a live self-pleasuring practice as well. And that part, the cameras and the microphones will be switched off. The link will be in the the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode. I took it from a Facebook Live I did last week. And no, the audio may not be the best because first of all, I was, and I'm still recovering from a cold, so my mouth is a bit dry and I'm a little bit sniffy. And me being me, I ended up knocking lots of things off of the table. But if you work with me, you know I don't sit still. Anyway, enjoy this episode. Why I believe women in relationships need to self-pleasure more. Now, yes, it's a clickbaity title. Love a bit of clickbait. Um, the caveats and asterisks I will add for this. Number one, I think any woman, regardless of relationship status, should masturbate or self-pleasure more. And number two, I think anybody, any gender, any genital configuration should masturbate and self-pleasure more because I believe self-pleasuring and masturbating is such a healthy, life-giving practice in itself but for now I'm talking specifically to women in relationships with an asterisk and there's a big reason for that. When I remember my purity culture background and I shared this on my Instagram and on my LinkedIn I can never remember where I've shared things but obviously I was taught that masturbation and self-pleasuring are terrible, bad, sinful, dangerous, addictive, you know pick one. I specifically remember somebody saying they believed how dangerous and addictive masturbation is. But also one of the things we were taught, of the many awful things we were taught, is that masturbation is kind of robbing your partner or future spouse or current spouse. It's taking something out of the relationship. It's potentially a form of cheating. So yeah, plus all of the shaming stuff about how touching yourself is terrible, wrong, sinful, whatever. So whenever I work with women of all havers, it doesn't matter if they were raised in purity culture or a faith background or not. All of us received very similar conditioning. And also it doesn't matter what culture, what country you come from, all varying shades of shame and SHIT. Even in supposedly Western liberal cultures, we all internalize this messaging that first of all, vulvas and vaginas are generally ugly, smelly and disgusting. But also any kind of self-pleasuring is disgusting, bad, wrong, sinful, taboo. Plus, good girls don't do it. So we already have this kind of conditioning. I call it the soup we swim in, the soup we come from. Adjusting my fringe here. But also so many of us were taught that generally masturbation, if it's not dangerous and dirty and disgusting and taboo and girls don't do it, 
is that you only do it when you can't get quote unquote the real thing or you only do it when you're mad at your partner because they haven't given you an orgasm so almost like a revenge i'm trying to be careful about my the words i use because i really don't want meta to flag me so yeah so generally a lot of women have a really messed up relationship with self-pleasuring also when i think of lots of clients i've worked with where they felt really uncomfortable at the idea of their usually male partners masturbating without them i mean there's so much cultural messaging about how men are always going to do it and even that there's a kind of undertone that it's somehow dirty and disgusting and wrong but you know men are going to be men so just get it over with but yeah so many women have a really I don't know messed up relationship with self-pleasuring let me know your thoughts I know this is on Facebook so maybe you don't feel comfortable commenting publicly you can send me a private message as well but I really invite you to think about that especially even if you're generally quite happy self-pleasuring but you tend to do it last thing at night get it over as quickly as possible quick buzz and go to sleep maybe quickly shut your phone or shut your laptop so you don't nobody can see or hear the porn you were watching but even then there's a kind of furtiveness around it this idea that when women self-pleasure it's because they can't get the real thing because they don't feel satisfied or anything else now it doesn't mean you don't do that because of that but I remember when I first, you know, was going through the whole faith deconstruction, sexual healing phase. Anybody who's been through any kind of faith deconstruction, whether it's Christianity or not, or just a lot of spirituality beliefs, they'll tell you that it's a slow process. It's not one day you wake up and everything's different. And especially when it came to exploring my own sexuality, tentatively, while I was still bedridden in that care home in London, I still felt so ashamed and I remember when I first started exploring it there was this fear of is God watching me is my dead granddad now watching me and I remember when I think about it if I think about it how it felt somatically in my body it was a feeling of tensing up it was a feeling of closing up it was a feeling that somehow this was really wrong it was bad it was sinful it was when I say it was sinful Obviously, I cognitively did not believe that anymore, but my body had other ideas. And it took me a long time to, first of all, stop feeling guilty about self-pleasuring, and then to not only stop feeling guilty about it, but to see it as something healthy, life-giving, necessary, a radical act of self-love and self-care. Because I will absolutely stand on my soapbox and say I believe self-pleasuring is an incredibly powerful form of self-love and self-care and self-advocating. And maybe if we're watching this and thinking, ooh, what if you decided to reframe, reframe, reframe self-pleasuring, ranking, masturbating, as outright self-celebration, self-love, self-care? And not just as a cognitive idea, because often with this kind of self-help stuff, we think it's like a cognitive thing, but we don't really believe it in our bodies. But when you are doing it, when you're in that process, really taking it when you're touching yourself and touching your body, like this is an act of self-honoring, of self-love, of self-devotion, of making love to myself in the way that I would want somebody else to make love to me. And there's a really big difference there. And this is why I am so grateful for being in different sex-positive communities, different tantra communities. 
because I had so many people and friends and also my sexology training, it was basically reaffirmed to me and reinforced to me over and over and over again by multiple different people that self-pleasuring was good, it was necessary, it was even holy. It was something powerful and good. And in my experience and my opinion, when you're not only going through faith deconstruction and recovering from purity culture, but generally sexual healing, you need that. You need multiple people. You need lots of communities. You need lots of different contexts of people telling you, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. <laughs> Until one day it starts to sink in, not just from your cognitive mind, but you start to feel it too. One of my many favorite things when I work with women and female clients is whatever exercises we're doing, um, it's to see that light come on in their eyes of, this feels like mine. This feels like my body. This feels like my vulva. This feels like, this literally feels like mine. And it's a really, um, it's an, I say it's an embodied sense it's difficult to know unless you've experienced it because generally you can think of yourself as a feminist, you can agree with a lot of things cognitively, but it's very different knowing something consciously and, and really feeling it. And I'm not saying, um, what's it? There's a, it's a one and you're done. It, it's a slow process. It takes our nervous systems a while to really adjust to this and to feel on a very deep level that this is something good. When you come from purity culture or faith backgrounds, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff you have to shift. I was actually saying this on a, an interview with someone, her name's Mindy, from the Divorce Virgin Project, where she created a kind of school video series for people recovering from purity culture. And she was saying something, and my brain has now gone again. Damn it, I hate it when this happens. I'll probably come back to it. I'll probably circle back to it. It's really annoying. I was going to follow on a brilliant thread and now it's gone. It takes a while. It takes a while. And now this is what I was saying. I was saying that even if he didn't come from purity culture, that we all come from a very sex negative, misogynistic society with a lot of messages. But when you come from purity culture or fundamentalism or religious trauma, it doesn't have to be Christianity. <laughs> all the major religions have some form of awful purity culture. It's like it's adding it on in bucket loads. <laughs> um, you know, it's not only have you inherited general societal sexual shame, but you've also inherited it with the consequences of potential eternal whatever. There's potential eternal consequences. I digress. But another reason that I want to talk specifically to women and self-pleasuring, women in relationships, self-pleasuring, is that you need to remember that a lot of us are taught, women and those socialized as female, we're generally taught to only think about sex and our sexuality, there's a difference there, within the context of a relationship, which usually with a man, even if you're not always attracted to men. It's why, like, I think it's changing more now, but even just a few years ago, my friends and colleagues who taught sex ed classes, whenever they taught classes on how to give a really good BJ, sell out really quickly. But whenever they were teaching classes about female pleasure and orgasms, did not sell as well. 
it is changing and I'm not again I am totally in favor of teaching how to give a really good VJ that is a beautiful art form but it kind of reflected this bias that so many women still have that generally they might only seek help when, for sex and intimacy when it's impacting their relationship and I, of course that's a completely valid reason to seek help and often it's like but what about you and this is what so many of us sex coaches educators intimacy folk whatever what we're trying to do doesn't matter who you work with it's yes we might have people coming to us as couples and needing couples help which we can absolutely provide but it's often less about how to satisfy your partner as to how does it so how using my hands here how to satisfy your partner and how does it feel for me ow there's a difference there and i just knocked my elbow on the desk what if you could think of self-pleasuring masturbating whatever i'm using the two words interchangeably even though there is a subtle difference i'll explain in a bit what if you could treat it as not just a way to scratch an itch not just a way to get to sleep totally legit reasons by the way and something nourishing something that makes you feel alive something that connects you with your body something that expands your idea of pleasure what if you did that and what if you approached your masturbation self-pleasuring say routine or i don't know practice because it can absolutely be a practice just like a yoga practice with celebration with deliberate savoring treating it like a delicious gourmet meal where you are licking your lips at the end how would that change your your wank but also how would that change your feeling of it like one really simple technique that i teach i teach it in my orgasmic liberation e-course i teach it everywhere is that when you finish and that maybe when i say when you finish maybe that's when you've come or maybe not maybe when you've just decided that you've had enough you spend a couple of moments could even be a couple of minutes savoring um it's like shavasana and yoga but pleasure and you could do a full relaxation but you don't have to just literally lie there for a couple of extra moments like oh yeah that was good that was good sorry just got this knocking on here tell me you have adhd without telling me you have adhd how many things have i knocked over already but i hope you get my point here that you spend time really intentionally like just like you would have eaten the most delicious chocolate torte or the most delicious gourmet meal and you're sitting there at the end going knocking my microphone over you're sitting there at the end going mm, yeah yeah that was good that mm. take that to your next masturbation session or even partner sex but that's the point you're savoring it and one of the reasons that we do that one of the reasons why that's beneficial is that it starts to change the context within your brain that this is something good this is something delicious this is something good and it's something that you don't just know cognitively you really feel it inside as well that this is something good and i'm allowed to enjoy this so is there anything else i wanted to say it's a couple of things one of them was that also remember 
that the way that many of us are conditioned and taught about sex and sexuality in our bodies is that one day a prince charming will come along and we learn this from rom-coms disney movies whatever that one day mr perfect will come along even if you're not heterosexual it's still in the movies and he will give us that kiss of life um one of my favorite tantra teachers debbie ward she calls it um walt disney syndrome which i love i quote that all the time where this idea that there's this man that's going to come along and he's going to kiss you awake and he's going to give you that sexual and erotic awakening now that doesn't mean that can't happen it doesn't mean you can't meet someone where it just completely changes everything and just knows how to rock your body but and how much of that is still you outsourcing is still you kind of waiting for somebody else to kind of wake you up to give you orgasms even the idea that somebody gives you an orgasm is is really um funky nobody can give you an orgasm it's your body that's creating them somebody can help create the right conditions for you to have an orgasm but it's still something that happens within your mind and your body but like a very um well-known tantra teacher don't always agree with everything she says but i remember saying her saying ages ago that it's outsourcing your sexuality and outsourcing your power and your pleasure to somebody else. So think about that, especially if I was going to reference the late, great saint, Dr. Betty Dodson. And if you're familiar with her, do let me know, who was teaching women how to orgasm since the 1960s. And she says in her book, Sex for One, you learning how to self-pleasure and how to masturbate is one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself as a woman and i totally back that because you're not reliant on somebody else for orgasms and pleasure and when i say that there's a lot of nuance to that because it doesn't mean or doesn't not mean that sex is like partner sex is like a really interpersonal experience it is two people or more but generally most people it's two people together do it. it's highly relational and i'm not discounting that with that feeling of oneness but the point is it's that if i think of all the not just the women i've worked with but my own personal process it's taking it out of sex is something i do for somebody else or sex is something that is done to me this is something i do as opposed to this is mine with my body and I'm sharing it with somebody else, like my boyfriend, my husband, my partner. Hang on, is the cat behind me? The cat's behind me. Hello. Anyone else got a Velcro cat here? Hello. So she gets, she does really weird behavior. Every time I do calls or videos, it's, I'm not gonna show you the video, but she's kind of behind me doing some, doing some weird burrowing on the sofa bed. I'm still obsessed with her but where was I going with this I want you I want everyone to have that real sense that this is my body my orgasms my pleasure and I would love you the listener watcher everyone to think about self-pleasuring and masturbating as something that a really delicious thing that you give to yourself like one of the really powerful acts of self-care and self-love and knowing your body i know for me when i started to learn that how to consciously and intentionally self-pleasure it was 
some of the most healing practices I did. The rustling in the background is bloody hell. There's me talking about wanking on Facebook and the cat is behind me causing havoc. So, all of this is to say that on February 27th, I'm running a live workshop for women and people with vulvas on everything self-pleasuring, orgasms, how to satisfy yourself called the self-loving salon. I say it's like a Valentine's, Galentine's-ish <laughs> workshop uh, because it's after Valentine's and Galentine's Day, but you know, the whole Valentine's month. And it's a place for you to be with yourself, to learn your full pleasure anatomy. It's especially for you if you've always felt that orgasms are a bit like a genital sneeze. And now you want to learn how to have a full, satisfying orgasm. Um, it's also for you if maybe you did grow up with a lot of shame around your body and your sexuality. And now you really want to take it back for yourself. And it's you, especially if you've been in the world of Tantra conscious sexuality before. And you just want a lovely space in order to be with other women and people with vulvas and explore your pleasure potential. It's on February 27th. I'm limiting spaces to 15 people so that we can keep it a bit more, I was going to say tight. Maybe not. that's not the right word, contained. Um, I'll drop the ticket link in the, the comments below and it's for women and people with vulvas only. In this workshop, it's going to be split into two. So the first half will be live teaching. So that part will be fully clothed. Um, that's when I'll be doing some demonstrations, anatomy lessons, and we're doing some exercises together. And the second part will be a live self-pleasuring practice where the cameras will be off. So we get to go into our own spaces, our own energy, and explore that. And at the end, we'll finish, turn the cameras back on and have a debrief. Um, in the live self-pleasuring practice, you can go as far as you want to go. You can go do whatever, do whatever feels good. Part of it is that your body is boss and you're in control. Also, the goal is not to orgasm. If you do, great, but that's not the point. The point is to explore your, your full pleasure capacity. If you have any questions, drop me a comment or a PM and I'll happily answer them for you. It's on Zoom. It's in the evening, European time. Uh, I think that's, that's everything I can think of for now. But if you take anything from this, self-pleasuring is really good for you and I want you to do more of it. So I'm going to hang off now and have a lovely Friday evening. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Can you do me a huge favor? I would be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on iTunes, on Spotify and any other platform I post this podcast to. It helps more people listen to it and it helps spread the word. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the other episodes, I would be so grateful if you shared it with someone who you think would really enjoy it and benefit from it. Want to stay in touch on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Lucy Lou Rowett, on TikTok at Lucy Rowett, and on Facebook and LinkedIn and probably other social media platforms too. And finally, don't forget to join my mailing list. If you sign up, you get a free PDF on how to confidently communicate in bed to avoid awkwardness and have what you really, really want. So it's in the link in my show notes. It's in the link in my bio in my Instagram. It's on my website. It's in loads of places. So do sign up because not only do you get me direct into your inbox, but because I talk about sex, I never know if I'm going to be banned from any social media platform. So let's stay in touch. And if you want to explore working together, you can contact me through my website or through the link in my show notes. Until then, 
Here's to living a shameless, shame-free life full of pleasure on your own terms, in your body. Until next time. Bye.